Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to Psalms 103. So we we did one of the Psalms last week, and I wanted to do another one with the idea of being thankful in this time of year. I always, this Sunday and next Sunday, I always feel a little wonky the way Thanksgiving and Advent kind of crisscrosses over, you know, for us. And, and so especially next Sunday, I'm like, I have an identity crisis. I don't know if I'm thankful or if I'm expecting. I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'm waiting on Christmas and Advent or, or what we're doing. Um, but I wanted to continue this week with the idea of being thankful. Um, and hopefully everybody has signed up with Thomas. Yes, he's, he's shaking his head. Paula even made him dig through the bowl this morning to verify he put her name in there. She's, she's, okay, she said she was really praying over that name tag is what she was doing. So yeah, um, yeah, she don't trust you. Nobody trusts you on this, actually. I, I don't know how we're going to get around that. But we do thank the, the men's ministry for uh, supporting this again this year on our Thanksgiving uh, month of giveaways. So Psalms 103, I'm just going to kind of walk us through this a little differently this morning, sort of piece by piece. Verse 1, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. You know, some of your versions may say, praise the Lord, O my soul. Maybe that's how you learned uh, this scripture. And that that phrase, oh, my soul, is talking about the, the psalmist is telling us that everything in me needs to rise up and praise the Lord. Have you ever had those days where you kind of have to talk yourself through a good praise moment with God? Like things are, are so crazy or there's so much going on or there's just so much that has happened. And the psalmist, David, uh, my Bible says that the psalmist is David here, and, and he's telling, this is him talking to himself with everything in me. Praise the Lord. Because you see, we can walk in here on Sunday morning, we can raise our hands and we can sing and, and praise the Lord, but is it really with everything in us? Because honestly, I can sit there and I can sing a song and I'm already thinking about the sermon and I'm thinking about I need to do this and oh, I forgot to announce this. And 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 I am multitasking like it would scare you in my head. Anybody else? Can y'all do that? Or you're thinking about lunch afterwards already like, oh, I, yeah, okay, Bo, Bo is hungry, Mandy. He's like, that hand went up, all right? <laughs> we, 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 kind of, we kind of can multitask sometimes. And the psalmist is saying, we need to stop. And with everything that I am, I need to praise the Lord today. And then he said in verse 2, may I never forget the good things he does for me. Who in here is forgetful? Anybody? Now that got some hands up. I'm at that point in life where I can walk to the other room and forget why I walked to the other room. Yes? Amen. And they say the trick is that you have to walk back through the doorway and you'll remember it. And so you'll catch me just sort of back and forth in that doorway. (laughs) Because I'm like, it's not happening. I cannot remember 
Like yesterday, I even opened up my Bible app because I had a thought and I was like, oh, I want to go look this up. And then I got into the Bible app and then I got distracted because there was this, you know, something popped up on the Bible app. And then I went to the, and then I, then I was like, why did I open this? Like, I know there was a reason. And then I had to go back and backtrack in my mind, like every thought process I was having to get there. Y'all feeling me? The other day I went to Walmart. This is how forgetful I am. Got my little app open and I, you know, I'm thinking about the potluck tonight. This is what I want to fix. So I had the ingredients. Partway through Walmart, I decided to change what I wanted to fix. And so I thought, because I want to go, I'm going to go with an easier recipe. Because I'm like, you know, I'm so tired on Sunday afternoons. This would be easier. So halfway through Walmart, I decided to change what I'm getting. Now, I don't have that on my list, but it's easy. It's only like three ingredients. I got this. I made it home with half the ingredients for the first thing, half the ingredients for the second thing, and not a single full recipe for anything. So I am still yet deciding what is going to the potluck tonight. In fact, I see Dollar General in my future after church today to try. That's how forgetful I am. Church, we're forgetful people. Like, even if God did the most grand thing for you this week, by next week, we're already bemoaning what he's not doing for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can be, that's why we come to this jar. It's not just about praying for something. It's about remembering what God has done for us. And the psalmist says that he wants to make sure that I never forget the good things he has done. Now, he's not saying that there's not some rough stuff going on, right? And then verse 3, he says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Now, see, I struggled with these verses just a little bit because I was going sort of verse by verse and thought by thought. And when you do that, do you see some things in there that you think, well, God, you didn't do that for me? You see? And so I I struggled with that because, in fact, as I was trying to figure out, I kind of was bouncing back and forth between some psalms that I wanted to use this week. And I thought, I'm struggling with this a little bit, God, because there's some things in there that I saw that I I feel like you haven't done. And then the more I studied, I realized it's because I'm looking at it all wrong. When we go verse by verse and piece by piece and and think of that as a checkoff, then, yeah, we're going to find some empty spots in there, right? I mean, like we can, we can all say, yeah, he forgave my sins, but some of us in here can say, "Mm, but there was that time with that disease and, and he didn't heal that. But then I began to think of it in a different way. Because when you look at this list as a whole, it reminds me that through God's salvation, I get every one of these things. Because whether he heals me on this side of heaven, I know I'm going to be healed on that side of heaven. Do you understand? Whether whether I feel like he really is giving me justice on this side of heaven, there's going to be justice. Everybody will answer to the Lord someday. Every knee will bow. 
You see, when I began to look at this as a whole, it made me go to another verse over in Luke chapter 19. And Jesus was talking and he said, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, listen to what the job description is for Jesus. The son of man came to seek and save the lost. So when I, when I know that job description, then I can look back here, verses 3 through 6, and I can say, I know every one of these things will be fulfilled. Now, I'm praying for impossible things to happen here with everything in me because I know he can. I see it in this book. I know he can. But I also have trust and faith that when he doesn't, there's a reason. I may not know it. I may not get to know the why. But I know that I'm not guaranteed 97 years like Leon. I hope so. I'm looking at that recliner thinking it's mine someday, right? But I may not make it to that. Why? Because that's human life. The moment we're born, we're dying. You understand that, right? And so I understand that When I try to dissect that, but see, there's the problem. When I'm trying to dissect it and go, God, well, you didn't do this. And and God, I don't know that you really filled my life with all these good things. And and Lord, I know my youth has not been restored because I am so stinking tired today and coffee just ain't doing it. Right? Amen. I got to see that. There's the amen. We, We understand that. But see, when I start dissecting it, then I start to try to turn it into God's word all about me. Where's our praise today? It's not to me. It's to the Father. And the Father has a plan of salvation in our life. And every one of these things will be revealed. Now this next part I I really love, starting in verse 7. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unveiling love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. Now, there's a shift here in this psalm because the psalmist, he starts out talking to self. I need to praise the Lord with everything I have. And he's remembering that God has a plan and a purpose about life. And now he's shifting into the history of the Israelites. All right. So so last week we talked about that psalm, Psalm 100, how it would probably be used as they were coming into the temple. This is one of those things that is used to remember who you are, not just personally praising God, but as a community. You know, tonight we're going we're gonna to join together with our brothers and sisters in Christ from other denominations. Did y'all know that? There will be other denominations in heaven. Amen. 
And we're going to join together tonight and we're going to just praise the Lord together as the one body that we are. That's why I'm so excited about tonight. And this segment, though, it begins to tell us a little bit about the history of the Israelites. But more importantly, it tells us what the character of who God is by what he did for the Israelites. I love this uh, illustration it gives us of who God is. He's compassionate and merciful. Aren't we thankful for that this morning? Amen. Slow to get angry. That's hard for us to understand sometimes because we're not always real slow with our anger, right? But that's who God is. That's who he is. He's slow to get angry. Doesn't say he doesn't get angry, but he's slow to it. He has patience with us. Filled with unfailing love. It says he'll not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. So again, he does get angry, right? But not forever. He has forgiveness. And I love that part that he does not constantly accuse us. If this is all you learn today, when you hear that accusing voice in your head, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You are less than. You don't need to serve in that area because you are not fit for it. When you hear that accusing voice over and over beating you down, that is not God. That is the enemy. Now, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Yes, he will nudge us and let us know when, man, we need to, we need to talk about some things. But he's so gentle when he does. Now he can be, he can be very decisive with you sometimes. I can remember moments in my own life where he said, now or never. Like, make the change. And man, like, when you hear that mama voice, you know, kid, y'all remember as a kid and mama snapped that finger down the pew at you. <laughs> Did you like straighten up? Like, you know the difference between the spirit convicting you or a voice beating you down. God doesn't do that. He's not going to be the accuser. And especially if it's something you've already been to the altar or you've already said, I'm sorry, God, forgive me. And you know you were forgiven. And something keeps reminding you of that. Because we, we, we keep reading on there. His unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height in heavens above. He has removed our sins from us. As the east is from the west. See, when you talk about direction, the really cool thing is if I start walking north, I'm not going to get far, but if I was walking north and I made it to the top of the earth, I eventually start what? Going south. But if I turn and start walking, is this east? This is east. If I start walking east... I will walk forever going east. It never turns into west unless I turn around and walk the other way. So east and west never collide like a north and south do. Your sins are forgiven. They're gone. And when you start walking towards God, you're not going to walk back into them. If you keep walking towards God, you would have to turn and walk away from him to walk back into that sin. That gives me comfort. 
That gives me comfort because I remember as a young Christian, and even still today, you struggle with that accusing voice. That a voice that says, oh, I know what you did. You, you, mm, you can't be a pastor. I know what you did. My God forgave me for what I did. I know what I did. I know the things that I did. But I know I'm forgiven by the blood of Christ. And I know God doesn't keep bringing that up. And so it turns into knowledge for me and not shame and guilt. And then this verse 13, like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. I think we struggle with this because I think too often we judge God. Like we, we like to say, well, God is this and God, but we're judging him by the standards of human character. We didn't all have good daddies. Maybe someone, some of you in here can say, I wasn't a good daddy. Like, I kind of flubbed up those years. But that's not who God the Father is. God the Father is tender and loving and compassionate. And like, some of us in here, maybe, maybe you have an idea of what you wish your father was like. I promise, God is a good daddy. And maybe some of you in here think, man, I just so messed it up and like, I don't know what to do with that now. It's never too late to change. I think that's what grands are for, right? You get that second shot. I don't know what they're for because I ain't got any and I'm starting to get impatient just a little bit. All you guys are getting these cute little Miss Harmony gals. She's so cute. Those pictures this week, so, so cute. Little Zoe, that little face. Every time that kid looks at me, right? So it's never too late to change who you are. Because there's a lot of kids that need that good father figure too. Man, you you can be a good dad to somebody else's kid when they ain't got the right example either. We need that. We need men to stand up in the church and be a bigger part. When, when we have kids here doing functions and we have teens here, we need you men here. Not just the mom showing up to help out. We need the men. Because they need to see what a godly man looks like. They need to see a different version than what the world has given them. A version that helps reflect the character of God. Tender and compassionate. And I love verse 14. He knows how weak we are. How many of you have ever copped out in your brain? I can't do that because I'm just not good enough. And I don't, I hate that the pastor even asked me to do this. Or I, I hate that Mandy came and asked me to help do this. And I'm just not, God knows exactly who you are. He knows how weak you are. He knows your weaknesses. It's not an accident when he calls your name. It's not an accident when he, you know, one of the things that we always did in, in teen ministry is we never let excuses be an issue. Well, you know, these kids will raise it. No, challenge them. And guess what? I want to challenge you as adults. That doesn't stop at age 18. I want to challenge you so that you continue to grow into the person God created you to be. 
And he knows that we are weak and, and only dust. I love that. He remembers we are only dust. Remember I said the moment we are born, we are dying. And we'll return back to dust again. He knows that. That we're going to be here today. And, you know, I was, I was making the joke last night. Sorry, Sandy, this is at the expense of A&M. Um, but we saw this little clip of the, and I don't know if this was yesterday's game or another game, but your quarterback really flubbed a pass up and dropped it behind him. Like he did like this and it just fell out of his hand like he was playing peewee ball or something. And me and Alex were sitting there watching it replay and laughing and laughing and laughing. I said, you know... 50 years from now, you can ask somebody. I said, if, if I was to ask anybody right now, who won the Super Bowl 10 years ago? Anybody? No, we don't remember those things. You know, who was president 30 years ago? Mm, you'd have to look it up, right? But I said, I guarantee this little meme is going to keep playing for a 100 more years, right? Because it's too funny. But the psalmist reminds me, that we're here just like the grass. We're like flowers that bloom. Man, we're going to look good and we're going to maybe do some good things for God, but guess what? We're still going to return to dust. But the love of the Lord remains forever. That's why the best legacy you can leave your kiddos and your grandkids and those after is your belief in Jesus Christ. Because that changes generations because the love of the Lord will continue on you know last week we celebrated with Bentley didn't we um, even though that stinking thing didn't want to cooperate but we made it and I still got to get you guys some of the bloopers because my phone was my phone was going the whole time back there you know and so I've got Bentley doing little pirouettes while we're waiting and I, it was great it was great but it was a reminder last week that Jesus keeps going generation after generation. Provenient grace keeps working in the life of our children, right? And it said in there, his salvation extends to the children's children. Of who, though? Of those who are faithful to his covenant. Moms, dads, grandparents, you got to make the change first. You need to make the change. Don't let your kids and grandkids be the ones that are needing those godly examples of men because they ain't got it in their own family. you got to make the change first. Verse 19, The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there He rules over everything. You know, I'm thankful for the hilltop that I live on because there is... Absolutely no light pollution. In other words, you know, we don't have a street light. We don't even have a telephone pole kind of light. Like we only have the lights on our house that we turn off. So I get very good images of the stars. Like Thomas and I was driving home, I don't remember, Friday night maybe when we came up here to look at the lights you put up on the church. And um, and I was just like amazed because just on the drive home, I was like, wow, look at all these stars. There were just some really big stars out. And I said, oh, this is going to look so good when we get home. Because when I get to my hilltop with no light anywhere around, I see the Milky Way just clear as day. You know, we, we get to see all of those things. And then we saw this one great image the other night. Bo, can you show that to them? Okay, I lied. We didn't really see that. But 
<laughs> I do love looking at stars. This is, if you do not follow the James, um, what is it called? James Webb Telescope on Facebook. So they're the ones that have been pumping out all this information of the telescope sending out. And this just amazed me the other day. And I'm going to have to kind of read what it's about because I'm not quite that smart. But it says, hidden in the neck of this hourglass. So you see the hourglass. And if you could see clear enough, there's a, a black stripe. That's your center right there. It says, hidden in the neck of the hourglass of light are the very beginnings of a new star, a protostar. The clouds of dust and gas within this region are only visible in infrared light, the wavelengths that the web specializes in. So this, this telescope has the ability to see these lights out in space. This protostar is a hot, puffy clump of gas that's only a fraction of the mass of our sun. And as it draws material in, its core will compress, get hotter, and eventually begin nuclear fusion, creating a star. See that dark line that's in the center of the hourglass? That's an edge-on view of a protoplanetary disk, or the disk of material being pulled into the star as it forms, and it's about the size of our solar system and may eventually clump into planets, giving us a window into our solar system's history. So in other words, this is the beginning that could create the solar system. But what I loved about this the other day is when I saw this, and as I was standing outside my door and just looking at all the stars, knowing that this is up there, and this is God's throne. He's sitting in all of this beauty. But it made me think all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And maybe that's what it looked like in that instant Boom, and we were created. Now, as they're watching, this is where I, I believe in the impossible, because where they're watching things still creating, and, and they think this is what it could look like. I believe when God said, when he spoke, it happened. I, I'm a true creationist. I, you know, I'm not here to argue with anybody that you can have a different view, and that's okay, because I can't really prove my way, and you can't prove your way, and that's okay. But I'm a true creationist. I believe that God said, let there be light, and boom. There was a big bang because everything started happening. And within seven days, it did. One of the reasons I'm a true creationist is because Jesus didn't dispute that. He never changed any of that information, and he would have known that from the Old Testament, just as we read it. And the other reason I believe it is I believe Jesus was created how? By a Virgin Mary, by the Holy Spirit, that can't scientifically happen, just so y'all know. <laughs> right? You, you know how science works. So if he can create the Son of Man by the Holy Spirit, he sure can create the earth the way it says. But I just love that because it reminded me as I was reading this verse that the Lord has made the heavens his throne from where he rules over everything. And things are still being created today. I love that. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans. Listen for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord. Everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom, let all that I am praise the Lord. Verse 22, let all that I am praise the Lord. 
Let all my hurts this morning praise the Lord. Let all of my doubts this morning praise the Lord. Let all of my brokenness that I'm not seeing the answers yet still praise the Lord. And you say, well, BJ, maybe one of these days I'll feel like doing that. It's not about feeling like it. It's about obedience. One of the Facebook posts this week that I made and and somebody commented on and they said, oh, I hope I learn to do this someday. And I said, it's not about learning to do it. It's about just being obedient to do it. And so there are going to be mornings you don't feel like showing up to church. That's probably the best morning you need to show up. I promise you. There's going to be days that you don't want to get up and sing the song. I promise you that's the day you need to get up and sing the song. Because that's the essence of all that I am praising the Lord. Some days we just have to be obedient. And today you praise even if, even if it's not working out the way you hoped it would. Why did David write so many Psalms? Because as I was going through the Psalms, and if you've ever read through Psalms, it can get kind of repetitive, right? It feels like sometimes, especially huge chunks, it's all the same thing. Like, I had so many I could have chose from to talk about praising God and giving thanks. And and honestly, the one I almost went with, let me flip to it, was Psalms 117. I almost went with this one for today. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. That's all it is. And I was like, Lord, I don't think I can stretch that out into 30 minutes even. Like, what do I do with that? But it's like what I just said. It's just obedience. We praise the Lord because of who he is. Not who I am. Not even because of what he has done in my life. Oh, I could fill my own jar of rocks with the things God has done. God is good and I can sit here and I can tell you all the blessings In fact, let's just stop for a minute. Somebody tell me uh, something good God has done recently in your life. Give me a praise for the Lord this morning. Anybody? He's provided. Yes, he has. It's been a month. He has provided. Took care of many of you during that storm. What else? Praise his name this morning. 14 months seizure free. Anything else? Leon Lloyd. Yeah. A community surrounded you. Anybody else? Yes. Sandy's still going with the teens. Meanwhile, pastor's over here going, I'm so glad I don't do teens anymore. I don't think I could keep up with them all anymore, you know? And Sandy's still cooking along. He is growing our teens. Giving us music. 
I shared, I shared the testimony of our church with another pastor on Tuesday who, uh, you know, they're struggling with music and, you know, she's like, we got people. I know they can sing. They just won't sing and they won't step up and do it. And I was like, Oh, we've been where you are. Let me tell you. I was like, we went from, okay, we don't know what we're going to do. And I was driving Diane nuts because God had simply said, just be patient. I got this. And he did. And we went from nothing to a whole band, right? But even without all of that, even if God had never done any of that for any of us, he is still worthy to be praised. Because his biggest purpose, he created us in his image to be in community with him. Sin gets in the way of that. But he gave us a way through Jesus Christ to be forgiven. And if that's the only thing God ever did in my life, I should still stand to praise him. Because there's people all over the world that can't attest to some of the things that we just did, right? We understand that. And that's why the psalmist said, let all that I am praise. David, I said, why did he write so many of these? I think because like you and I, life gets hard and you have to remind yourself. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Man, today stinks, Lord. But I'm going to praise you anyway. Think about the life of David. He grew up, we talked about that heavenly having a father figure in your life. His father didn't even think David was worthy enough to come before Samuel to be anointed king. Oh no, he's out there in the pasture. He, that's just David, <laughs> you know? Think about David. When he did get anointed, what did he do after he got You think, man, God anointed you. You're the next king. Woo, buddy, life is going to be good for you. No, then he goes on the run from Saul because Saul wants to kill him. And he spends the next several years running for his life. Then he messes up and he sins with Bathsheba and he loses a, a little child who is just days old. He lost two adult sons. So David knew hard times. David knew what it was to mess up. And yet God still said, he was a man after my own heart. And so I think David wrote these Psalms because there's some days we just need to talk to self. Like some days when I am writing a sermon, I'm writing for me. I hope y'all get something out of it. But I'm writing them for me sometimes to remind me, even if I'm going to praise you today, Lord. Even if I don't know what tomorrow is. Even if I keep dropping that rock and I'm not seeing it move. You're still a good God. That's why it's important to read through these Psalms and truly understand that don't just swing by them because David understood a lot of the same hurts you have. He understands grief. He understands messing up. He understands when nobody wants to believe in you. He understands when, well, God, I thought I heard you say this to me. Why isn't it happening yet? He understands those things. But I think the biggest thing that we need to get from David today is verse 2. May I never forget the good things he has done. Because church, I hate to say it, 
there's going to be more hard times. There's going to be more difficult things in your life come. There's going to be days that we doubt. And guess what? God's a big God. He knows exactly who we are. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that we're just from dust. We're just human beings. So when we doubt, I can take that doubt to him and he can handle it. The biggest thing is I always have to keep the conversation going. Even if it's, you know, when it says in there, God does not stay angry forever. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of some certain times. Maybe he was angry with me because I went on a pretty good rant for quite a few days and sometimes weeks of just who do you think you are, God? (laughs) And he was patient and he was compassionate. And he was big enough to let me work through that. And when the time was right, then he was the tender, compassionate father and said, my child, crawl up in my lap and let's talk. Let me just hold you today. And let's start putting some things back together for you. But you have to stop long enough to do that. You have to stop and and remember the good things. And there's days that, You just got to cling to that, to remember who God is. I want you to go home and and I want you to read this Psalms again. Especially sit somewhere quiet and and read it out loud. I have found, uh, especially when I'm going through Psalms, I love to just read them out loud. Hey, dads, here's a challenge. Sit your kids and grands down and read it to them. Become that father that starts leading them to Christ. We live in a time that that's one of the biggest things we need. We need you to lead our kids. Moms, we do a great job. I know we do. We're the behind the scenes. We're the pick everything up. You know, there was a funny, funny video yesterday. Me and Alex was laughing about the mom and she's getting ready for the holidays and she's scrubbing everything in the house and she's doing the toilet. She's doing the dishes. She's doing the bedroom and dad's outside with the leaf blower doing the gutters. Yep. That's about reality, isn't it? That's what it feels like some days. So mom, I, I applaud you, but dad's. I need you to lead. I need you to lead your kids. Thank you for sharing your kids with us and giving us a, an hour each week. Two if you bring them on Wednesday. Do you know how many more hours you have them than we do? I need you to lead them. And if, if you don't have kids, you're like, whew, I'm so glad I'm past that stage. You're not. I still need you to mentor. You know, you could show up on a Wednesday night just to be extra hands on the deck during the mealtime. Oh, we need it during that mealtime. We got we got a lot of kids and a lot of teens, and we need those extra that could just go sit with them and just talk to them and get to know them, right? And I won't even be offended if you don't stay for my class. If you're loving on kids, you're being Jesus. I need that. I need that. Think about that. Stand with me this morning. Maybe this morning you need to come and and you need to drop a rock in and not even with a prayer request. I want you to think of that thank you that you just need to give God today. I want you to remember the good things. 
he has done in your life. But we'll go ahead and pop our song on and, and I'm going to pray and, and I'm not going to hold you long. I'm not going to hold you hostage this morning. I just want you to let everything in you praise the Lord this morning. Through the bad, through the good, through the ugly, praise his name because of who he is. Lord, we thank you this morning. Even though I know, I know some of the situations in this room today. We just want to give you praise because you are so good. And God, I have, I have heavy things that I've been praying for. But even if you're still good, you're still a good father that chases us down. I am so thankful for the provenient grace that God long before we were looking for you you are already chasing us. God, I'm so thankful that our kids and our grandkids, the ones that we pray for daily, that God, we're not sure you're chasing them down in the same way. And as I was reminded today of the true plan and purpose, it's not to have a good life here on this earth. It's to know your son, Jesus Christ, so that I can be made right with you. And may we leave this place today ready to share that with others. As we go through this Thanksgiving week, we're going to be surrounded by family and friends. And and maybe this is the first time you've seen them in, in weeks and months. Make sure that you share how good God has been. And especially if we've been through hard times. May we share that. You're a good, good father. And that's hard for us to wrap our mind around somebody here today. You don't know what a good father looks like, but I'm telling you, your heavenly father is a good, good father. He loves you. He has patience like you've never known. He's waiting on you to say yes. And he'll continue to be patient. Father, I love you. Thank you for the reminders just for me this week that you've given But I pray that your spirit now, as we leave this place, will continue to meditate in the hearts of your people. And may it change us. Oh God, that's what I desire. I I don't don't want to pass by. I I want your spirit to change us. To become who you created us to be. To become more like your son. To become so in tune with the Holy Spirit that we understand he's with us every second of the day. God, I understand there's going to be hard things that come in the days ahead, but may we understand you walk with us. You never leave us or forsake us because you're a good father. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.